is something that we all experience many days likely each week it's something that can happen at any place any time to anyone but it is something that we all experience regularly and it's one of the worst feelings in life it's one of the worst experiences of our lives it can happen while you're in your car it can happen while you're at home it can happen while you're at a restaurant or a store but it happens to all of us and it's horrible it's the experience of waiting does anybody like waiting anyone it's not something that we enjoy is it and it really doesn't matter where you are who you are or what it is you're waiting on it's one of the worst experiences and feelings to just have to sit and wait and that's especially true when you're waiting on God in Luke 2, the angels declared to the shepherds on the hills outside of Bethlehem, Glory to God on the high, in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace is something that we desire. It's something that we all long for. But there are times in your life and mine where we struggle to have peace. And that will be true, especially when you're waiting on God. And maybe you've been waiting on God. Maybe there's something that you've been asking for. There's something you've been expecting of God, wanting him to do. And he hasn't. And you feel like God's taking too long. You feel like he's not listening. You wonder if he's forgotten you. Have you ever been there? Are you there? You've been waiting so long that you begin wondering if God cares. You're wondering if God's even there. And that waiting can rob you of the peace that God desires for you. The peace that Jesus came to provide for us and to us. And maybe that peace is missing in your life this Christmas season. Maybe as we have gone through 2023 and we approach Christmas, which is right at the end of the year every year, maybe you're waiting and it's been hard and it's getting no easier. What is God doing when you're waiting is God doing something when you're waiting Matthew 1 verses 20 through 23 this Matthew's account of the Christmas story and he focuses on Joseph and the Bible speaks to us here about Joseph and what it, he's going through in his mind as he is wrestling with the news that Mary is expecting a child 
And the Bible tells us that while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted as what? God with us. Aren't you thankful tonight that God never leaves us nor forsakes us? We have a God who is with us. But if you know that experience of waiting and the peace that it robs you of, I think that that's exactly what people in the Bible felt like waiting for a Savior. God promised the Messiah a Savior, and then nothing for a long time. We're not just talking weeks, months, or even just years, but for centuries, God's people waited for the fulfillment of this promise, and there was nothing. In fact, let me show you from the Word of God just how long they waited. Where do you have to go to to figure out the beginning of when the waiting started. You have to go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 3. You remember what took place in Genesis 3, don't you? God had created Adam and Eve. He had placed them in this beautiful garden. They were there to, to tend the garden, to tend for the creation that God had, had made, to have dominion over what God had made. God partnered with them in that way. They had one command that was negative. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they were duped by Satan. At least Eve was. She partook. She gave to Adam who ate without being deceived. He knew what he was doing without question. And he ate and plunged humanity into sin, into shame, into guiltiness. So they hid from God. When God showed up, you know the story. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And God, in response, spoke to each. But he said this to the serpent in Genesis 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it... The seed of the woman shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So we know some things right off. It's cloudy, it's not clear, but we know some things. Eventually, there's going to be this seed of the woman, a child. A, 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 a man, a boy, child. He is going to crush the serpent's head. He's going to defeat the serpent. But somehow, even as he defeats the serpent, the serpent will, will put a death blow on the seed of the woman. 
It's murky, it's unclear, but from that time, God promised a Savior, salvation, a rescuer. But then centuries passed. I mean, if you follow the timeline of the Bible, we believe creation goes back to about 4,000 years B.C. Centuries passed, millennia passed. What was God doing while they were waiting? Year after year after year, waiting for this promise to come to pass. Year after year, waiting for God's promise to be revealed year after year after year, waiting for this rescuer. What was God doing while they were waiting? Revelation continued to progress. God's word continued to be revealed to them. And there are pictures throughout the Old Testament. There are prophecies throughout the Old Testament. And you get to probably the most familiar and the one that the angel repeated to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Isaiah prophesied this in chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So much clearer now. This seed of the woman, it's going to be a virgin-born son. And he's not going to be just any normal child beyond the fact that he's virgin-born. He's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. God promised, and he promised, and he promised to send a Savior, one who would be virgin-born, one who would be God with us. And they waited. This prophecy from Isaiah was approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus. 700 years before an angel appeared to Matthew in Matthew chapter, or, or to Joseph, excuse me, according to Matthew chapter 1. 700 years before the angel said, hey, this is what is coming to pass, what Isaiah said way back in his prophecy about a virgin giving birth to a son that will call, and you'll call his name Emmanuel. But all that time, God's people were waiting. What was God doing while they were waiting? And then if all that wasn't enough, at least throughout that, that the time frame of the Old Testament, God was speaking, God was working, God was showing up. But then we get to between Malachi and Matthew. That, that blank page in your, in your Bible. You probably have that blank page, and then a, the next page says the New Testament, and then the next page begins Matthew. Maybe in your Bible, between Malachi and Matthew, there's actually a, a little statement about the intertestamental period. What is that? It's the period between the Old and New Testament. How long was that period? 400 years. And during that 400 years, God was silent. There was no new revelation. There was no new progress, prophecy about the Savior. There was nothing. There were no angelic visions. 
There were no prophets through whom God spoke his word. For 400 years, there was nothing. Now that's worse, right? We were waiting, but at least God was speaking. He was talking with us. He was revealing truth to us. But now God's not even talking to us. Now God's not even revealing his truth. What was God doing while they were waiting? Can you relate to the people of God, the people of Israel? Are there times when you are waiting on God? And perhaps even during those times, it feels like you get nothing from God. Maybe, maybe you're waiting on God, and you're waiting for God to speak, and you're waiting for God to reveal himself, and you're waiting for God to work. And maybe during that period, at least you feel like you're getting something from God. Maybe during that period, God is at least speaking to you through his word. You feel like you're at least growing and getting somewhere. But maybe there are times when you're waiting on God, you're asking him, you're expecting something from him, you're doing what you know to be doing, and you feel like you're getting nothing from God. He's not speaking. He's not moving, at least that you can see. You're looking for an answer. You're looking for a sign. You're, you're wanting to feel something. You're, you're looking for anything, but instead just silence. What is God doing while you're waiting? That's what I want to try to show you from God's word tonight. And as we step into it, you and I need to remember these truths. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. You may be in a situation where you're waiting on God and you're looking for something from God and you don't see it. You're, you're not getting anything. It seems like God is silent. He's not answering. He's not speaking to you. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. And while you're waiting, God is working. You may not see it. You may not recognize the movements of his hands. But while you're waiting, God is working. Well, what is he doing? Let's think about what we've been looking at. God's promises to Israel and for years not seeing a savior even for hundreds of years not hearing God speak what is God doing while they're waiting well there's a verse in the New Testament that gives us context it speaks to us about God's timing in relation to Christmas look and listen if you would to Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5 the Bible declares this, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. When the fullness of the time was come, the Greek phrase is pleroma kronos. It speaks of the complete, the full measure, or the perfect time. 
One even says it this way, literally it means when the time was fully pregnant. When that time for deliverance had come, God threw his plan into motion. It's beautiful, the connection of Scripture, isn't it? In Genesis, we see the seed of a woman. Everywhere else in the Bible, when it describes children, it describes children as the seed of man. But here it's the seed of a woman. He was virgin-born. Here in Galatians chapter 4, he was made of a woman. He didn't inherit that sin nature of an earthly father. And without sin, he was able to forgive our sins. For centuries, God promised to send a Savior. But they waited. What were they waiting on? What were they waiting for? What was God doing while they were waiting? They were waiting, but God fulfilled his promise at just the right time. At the perfect moment when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. Maybe you're waiting on God. And that waiting is robbing you of peace. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean he's absent. While you're waiting, God is working. And you might ask, well, what's he waiting for? And the best answer I can give you is the perfect time. Our schedules often don't match up with God's, but God is always right on time. The perfect time time looking back we can see why god waited we can see that he sent jesus at the perfect time his timing is always perfect his ways are always good just because god feels silent in your life doesn't mean he's absent you may be waiting that doesn't mean god isn't working he is working how does that fit in this this chronology of God promising to send his son. We can only conjecture why this was the perfect time, and many have. Let me give you at least five reasons real quickly why people conjecture why this was the perfect time after 400 years of silence. During that intertestamental period, a, a, a man by the name of Alexander the Great, have you heard of him? He conquered essentially the entire known world in just 12 years. That's significant because for the first time in human history, at least since the Tower of Babel, there was a common language throughout the known world, the Greek language. Primarily at that time, at least everyone spoke at least a little Greek. A second reason, during that time as well, the Old Testament penned in Hebrew, was translated into Greek. That happened around 280 B.C. So now everyone had a Bible in the Old Testament in a language that pretty much everyone could read. During that time, the Socratic method of learning emerged. It was the first time that people were encouraged to ask questions. And then in 63 B.C., the Romans conquered the Greeks. This brought peace, essentially, throughout the known world. The Romans developed roads, highways throughout the empire that would make travel easy. And then finally, during this time period, the, the diaspora happened. 
the Jews were essentially forbidden to live in and remain in Jerusalem, and they were dispersed throughout the entire Roman world, which would make sharing the gospel to the Jew first easy to spread throughout the entire world for the first time in history. Everyone could speak and read the Bible in a language they understood. They were encouraged to answer, ask questions as God would send answers. The good news of the Savior could easily travel through the known world in a common language. The roads, highways through which the Jewish people were spread out allowed the gospel to be taken throughout the world easily. While God's people were waiting, God was working. For those looking on, it may have seemed like God was in this holding pattern. That God was giving people the silent treatment like you and I may feel at times. But don't lose your peace when you're waiting. You're not alone. God is still working. After all, Abraham and Sarah had to wait 25 years to give birth to Isaac. Joseph waited 13 years in prison and as a slave before ruling in Egypt. A, a, a woman with an issue of blood waited 12 years for healing. A man who couldn't walk for 38 years waited that long for healing. God is still working while you're waiting. We've seen this recently, and don't forget it. God's delays are not necessarily denials. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't lose your peace while you're waiting. God is working. You're waiting on it. They were waiting on a Savior. What is it for you? Maybe you're waiting on an answer from God. Maybe you're waiting on a miracle. Maybe you're waiting on some specific provision. While you are waiting for it, listen, God may be working on it. Maybe it isn't ready yet. And God is still working on it. Just because you're waiting and just because God feels silent doesn't mean he's absent. Maybe he's working on it. You've been asking God to do it. You've been expecting him to do it. You've been trusting him to do it. And as you've been waiting, you've been robbed of your peace and you're ready to give up hope. Don't. Maybe it's simply not ready yet and God is working on it. But here's another possibility. While you're waiting on it, it may be ready, but you may not be ready. That answer that you're looking for from God, that provision you're expecting, that miracle that you're desiring, maybe God has it ready. Maybe God is, is ready to pour out that answer, to pour out that provision, to pour out that miracle, and you're not ready for it. God might be working in you. I remember, I don't, I don't know how long it was after that Stephanie and I met and we began getting to know each other and so on. But it wasn't too long after we met that she shared with me that she had a prayer request that she, pr she asked people to pray for, especially as she traveled in Ensemble. 
often when when she would meet pastors, she would encourage pastors as she traveled as a member of the singing groups, pray for my husband. He's having a hard time finding me. And of course, we weren't married yet. What she meant was, there's a guy out there somewhere. And I'm waiting and I'm asking God to answer that prayer. Now, she was waiting she was doing what, what she believed God would have her to do. And for all I know, it, me, wasn't ready yet. But God was working. Maybe for you, there's been something you've been seeking God for and you've been asking him to do it. You've been waiting for God to do it. You've been asking him to provide, to give that answer, to give that miracle. And it is hard to wait. And as you're waiting, that waiting can rob you of peace. Remember that God is working. He may be working on it. He may be working on you. Because often... Often, before God does something for you, God does something in you. Do you know the difference? Before God just gives you that answer, before God gives you that provision, before God does that miracle, he might be looking to do something in you. And doing something in you doesn't happen by giving the provision. By giving the answer, by giving the miracle. Growth normally happens in those periods. Think about it. When you plant a seed, do you immediately see the growth? Yes or no? No. But is growth happening? Yeah. It's happening underneath the soil. There's a lot of work going into it. There's the watering and the fertilizing and the weed pulling and all of those things. But friends, listen to me. You will never find a better, more faithful husbandman than God. And the Bible often portrays him that way, doesn't it? You'll never find a more faithful, more good potter God. And the Bible portrays him that way too, doesn't it? God may be developing things in you like patience, trust, drawing close to him, depending on him. Don't waste the waiting. The prophet Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 64 verse 4, For since the beginning of the world... Men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath I seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. The prophet says no one has heard or perceived or seen what God is preparing for those who wait for him. Don't waste the waiting. Don't let waiting rob you of your peace. God acts, God moves, God responds, God initiates, God interrupts. He's, he's always good. His ways are always good. His timing is always perfect. You can trust him. No, God isn't ignoring you. He's not neglecting you. He hasn't forgotten. He loves you. He knows the desires of your heart. 
just because he seems silent doesn't mean he's absent. While you're waiting, God is working. It's interesting to think about this even in relation to what we believe. Do you know that among the religions of the world, Christianity is unique? It's not unique necessarily just because of of Jesus. There are other religions that recognize Jesus to some extent. Or even our idea of God. There are other religions that recognize our idea of God, a monotheistic God. Christianity is unique in this way. Every other religious system, study, every other religious system teaches in some way that people have to pursue God. You've got to get to God. God God's not, not seeking a relationship with you. God's not providing that for you. You have to get to God. You've got to win his favor through through works, through good behavior, through spiritual rituals, that you've got to get to God. But Christianity is about a God who pursues us. God didn't tell us, hey, try to get to heaven. Try, try to reach heaven somehow. God came down to earth. He came to dwell among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who? That word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. He is Emmanuel, God with us. We serve a God who pursues us. When the time was right, God sent his son. They were waiting. God was working. Even when God seemed silent, it doesn't mean, didn't mean God was absent. The same is true of you and I. We serve a God who pursues us. Maybe you're waiting on God, and it's robbing you of your peace. Let's turn it around and ask tonight this question. What if the God you are waiting for is waiting for you? Peter wrote this in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Maybe you've been waiting on God, and God has actually been waiting on you. God has done all that was necessary. At the perfect time, he sent his son. Jesus completed the work God sent him to do. He died, and as he died, he was able to declare, it is finished because the work that he was sent to do was done. And maybe tonight you've been waiting on God when he's been waiting on you. He's available. 
call out to him. Maybe you need to for salvation. Maybe you need to for getting into a right relationship with him and fellowship with him. Maybe you are there, but you've been robbed of peace because you've been waiting on God. He may seem silent. That doesn't mean he's absent. And your waiting doesn't mean that God isn't working. He is.